0: Right.
1: And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Cast.
0: What happened to the idea of a, of a surrealistic, avant-garde, mind-bending neo-noir thriller? Have you ever noticed that the avant-garde never changes? If it's
2: after-guard, when was guard? I must have missed it. That would be a prey guard. What would be? Our play, Murder Trap. Murder Trap? Yes, I
0: just came up with it. Cool title,
2: huh? Isn't it a little much like uh, like Death Trap or the Mouse
0: Trap? Only in the trap part.
1: And welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. This is the podcast that, of course, is dedicated to the animated television series... Animaniacs, as well as other shows in the Rugerverse, such as Pinky and the Brain, Tiny Toon Adventures, and Freakazoid. But today we have a very special episode. We have a couple of guests making their return to the cast, and someone who's making their very first appearance to talk all about the new film, Murder Anyone? I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, there's my brother, Nathan. Ah! Murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. And <laughs> first, let's welcome back to the show a man who worked on shows such as Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain alongside his writing partner, Gordon Bresick. It's Charles M. Howell IV. Hello, guys. Hello. Welcome back, Charlie. Uh, and, sp- you know, we just mentioned Pinky and the Brain. Speaking of Pinky and the Brain, we've got the voice of the brain himself. Let's all welcome back to the show Maurice Lamarche. Greetings, my friends.
0: <laughs> Stand still so I can hit you with this this in this enslavo beam.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and why do we have these two wonderful people back on our podcast? Well, it's because this time they are both featured in front of the camera in a new movie it was written by Gordon Bressick. It's entitled Murder Anyone and it's directed by his son, our third guest, Mr. James Colin Bressick. Hello James. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be on the podcast uh, oh.
3: with with these two fine gentlemen that I have known my entire life. That's right. I
1: <laughs> I, I had to look up James real quick just I was like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if James has some good memories of of like going to the Animaniacs set and 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 seeing his father writing on the show, and I saw James. I think you were like a year old when he was working on the show, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Oh, for sure. But I actually believe it or not, I have it's it's unrelated to the Rugerverse, but I do have memories uh, at the recordings of um, of Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, Ooh, which what yes. uh. my dad did uh, with these two guys. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Captain Seaman in the Space Monkeys is in, in in my career and in the time I've had in this industry the most underrated show uh, in modern cartoon. And it was smart, it was funny, it was created by Gordon, and uh, it was good science fiction. And uh, you know he he got people to write episodes uh, from the world of. I mean, he got Dorothy Fontana, DC Fontana from Star Trek: The Original Series, writing an episode on the show. We had Malcolm McDowell. We had. Uh, you know, we had David Carradine. I mean, we had so many genre people, so many great genre people, including um, 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 David, um, David. Warner. Warner. Yeah, he's the fifth Warner brother. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> David Warner as the big villain. I mean, it was so it was so to see Malcolm and David working together after having enjoyed them so much in time after time. It was great. So
1: um great.
0: And a brilliant creation by your dad, James. I mean, just you know, we, we, I, it was my, it was my real introduction actually to Gordon was working on that show because they really kind of kept the writers away from us the first couple of seasons of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. Uh, I, I, I did not get to really work closely with your dad until Captain Simeon. And you know, people are saying like you're having all this great reaction on the movie. How did you, how at, you know, 64 years old, are you suddenly breaking into on camera? And I said, you just have to be nice to a director since he was four. And this is how I, <laughs> this movie career got started. Because I know since he's four and Charlie knows him since he was in the womb.
3: <laughs> yeah, you just have to be a nice to a director his entire life.
1: <laughs> I think one of the things that, Mo, you said to, I think in character is Michelangelo as well that one of the best episodes of Animaniacs was hooked on a ceiling. <laughs> and that of course was was uh is one of our favorites as well. And that was of course co written here with uh, with Charlie. So Char- uh now Charles what are what are some of your uh me- memories? Of course you, you had the the really the longest professional relationship with with uh with anyone uh with Gordon
2: Yeah, we we were writing partners for over 30 years, which is really weird, but that's that's what it was. Um, Charlie
3: knew my dad longer than I knew my dad. And also, you know, technically, because of how often they were writing, you probably saw more of him than I did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You were around, though. You were were, – it wasn't all in your infancy. It was because when he was off doing Captain Simian and Space Monkeys, that's when I was the head writer on Pinky and the Brain. And so that was still going on. And then Gordon would come back in breaks on Captain Simeon and write more Pinky in the Brain. So, so James, you were on for that. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. It, we we were both together at Hanna Barbera, which was kind of a corporate kind of a place. And and we both just felt like uh sort of kindred spirits. We'd we'd get in a room and crack each other up, and that was sort of our way of coping with uh with the uh uh with the workload and the and the pressure and everything. And uh, and so that's when we started writing. Uh, he left Hanna Barbera and then I left Hanna Barbera shortly after that and then and then we started writing stuff together. Uh and uh, did a lot of Animaniacs and Pinky in the brain and um yeah all kinds of stuff. So Pinky Elmira in the brain. And Pinky Elmira in <laughs> the brain. We did some of that too, yeah. I was it? Think of that as part of Pinky and the Brain. I, I never really quite accepted that was a spin-off.
1: <laughs> just a continuation.
2: <laughs> because that was a continuation. We would try to get Elmira out of the way as quickly as possible, and, and then do a funny Pinky and the Brain episode. Most of the time, we were able to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, just you felt the same way about Elmira as Pinky and the Brain did. So
2: that's exactly right. So it, it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. Uh, John McCann, though, also wrote on that show and. And he he devised a whole kind of, of world of, of of her school friends and everything for Elmira. So so she didn't get short shrift. Brilliant the actress Creed Summers played uh,
0: she's brilliant.
2: Yeah, played played Elmira um in the show.
0: She's an amazing uh singer, musician, as well as an actor and and a voice actor. But I mean she does a, she did she had a whole she had a whole series, a whole TV series before she came to uh the, uh, what were they uh, call it? Another world, world? Another world? Uh, or, a, a different world, a different world. Yeah, yeah, a different yes. world. off part me. of the Cosbyverse. verse.
1: Yes, yeah. and I'll still see Cree show up every now and then. I just saw her uh, in front of the camera on uh, it, "What We Do in the Shadows," and then on the the uh, one of the latest episodes of Atlanta as well. So yeah. she, you know, this is uh this is something I think that we can get into right now because she's she has experience, of course, like we just said. Behind the the camera, you know, doing doing all you know, many voices, voice acting things like that. And she was the original Penny on Inspector Gadget. That's right. And that's right. And of course, you yeah. worked. You worked on Inspector Gadget season two,
0: and and she was not Penny by then. She's age, she'd aged out of the character in the sixty five episodes. Uh, <laughs> you know, she she actually aged out of the character by season two, and they got another little girl in to play Penny.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I,
0: I took over the part of Chief Quimby because they moved the show from Canada to the U.S. and then got a Canadian to continue as Chief Quimby. <laughs> but a Canadian with a green card. So they, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the
1: thing. That's the ticket. So let's let's talk about how this this movie that was written by Gordon came to be. Now, this was um, and because this was a just like Cree Summer has of course been behind the camera and everything this is the first of course the first time i'm aware of uh maurice you being in front of the camera and charles i know that you've you've done acting uh for for many years i think i think you were doing some shakespearean uh you know plays and things like that if i'm not mistaken uh but this is for this film how did this let's i guess how did this all come to be it started off as a, a play if i'm not mistaken right james
3: yeah. So, I mean, my dad, um, one of like the last creative endeavors he actually did, um, before he got sick was he, he wrote and put on this play. Um, and you know, before that he had put on another play and I remember I was like giving him a lot of shit about it. Cause I was like, why are you spending your money putting on a play? When you could be, you know, just making like a, like an independent film. Cause like at that time I was making like low budget independent films, like very low budget. I was like, you know, why not do it forever? My dad was like, you know, oh, this is like the theater. Theater is, you know, everything changes. Like, you don't have to. And I was like, Dad, but like, you're in LA. Like, who goes to see, uh, you know, you know, plays in LA? And so, like, the original title for the play was some other fucking play in LA.
4: Um, and, and
3: it was it was about these two right. I mean, it's about two writers writing, like, arguing about whether or not it should be a play or a movie. Um, and so, like, I kind of thought that that was like, you know me arguing with my dad about that all the time kind of inspired that somewhat unless he was having those arguments with everybody
2: else um as well as me uh i don't know so um, oh, i remember <laughs> i remember arguing with him about the title he he had both titles he was going to some other play in la and i said gordon you know don't give them ammunition you know you, <laughs> here, 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 you you got another perfectly good title here that is funny and relates to the thing so he went with murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. so but but,
3: you know, the, the interesting thing about it is, you know, like uh, eventually when he finally like bent on the uh, on, when he was putting it on, I was like, you know, dad, this is great. But like, why didn't you just do it as a movie? And he goes, well, you know, maybe one day you can make the movie. And uh, and so like that kind of stuck with me. Um, and then, you know, when he got very sick, you know, one of the last things he asked me to do was to not allow his. His scripts to live on a hard drive and and die with him and so he was like you know find my computer and he gave me like the password to log into his computer and he was like you know pull the scripts from the hard drive and so what you know about a year after he passed away i finally started digging into the hard drive and when i did you know i found the script to the play and i was like you know i just like my wheels started turning and i was like this should be the first one that i you know, turn into a movie. And it was just natural to to cast Charlie and, and, and Mo because the character of George in the movie is pretty much my dad. Uh, and so, you know, who better to play him than than Mo who who knew him so well? And the character of Charlie was Charlie, you know, so <laughs> so well why not cast Charlie as Charlie?
1: Yeah, this is a very unique film, I think, because it's in, in case people, uh, you know, I guess how would we how do we best summarize? I think I'll let you folks who are actually I could I could give you my best pitch of what the movie is, but Let's I think it's all best... describe it. Go around. The... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's best that James, Mo, Charlie, if you if you guys want to just tell the folks if, out here, what is ever been
2: if you've ever been in a room with a writing partner for, you know, a hundred hours a week. Uh, working out scripts and lines and stuff uh then that's what this movie is about it's about that it's about the the i guess it's the claustrophobia james did such a beautiful job capturing uh the atmosphere and everything and um yeah that's what uh that's what uh the thing's about about arguing over uh over the writing of a script and as the argument progresses and as changes are made we see the changes Acted out. We're cutting to the, the play being acted out as we uh, as we write it.
3: For sure, okay. and and I also to to piggyback on that, I would say it's it's also about the inner battle that all artists have of of you know whether or not you know this is to to make something for art or to make something for commerce. And you know f- what is that medium, and how do you find that medium? And is it if you go too far one way, are you losing you know your original intention and who you are? And so it's you know it's that battle that all artists have. Like, should I sell out for this to you know be able to get out there, or should I stick to my guns and and do something you know the way I want to? Um, and uh, and it's it's I think you know anybody who has done any creative endeavor can relate to that.
2: I think in a way, Gordon was really having that argument with himself he was playing through the options of that himself uh just like you're saying james and um it just it works out better on uh, on camera if there's a foil if we externalize the thing a little more gordon and i have many arguments when we were riding together but i don't think we ever really had that one we knew we were riding to make a (laughs) buck always on the same page (laughs) and because it and because it it's the most fun thing you can do is come up with jokes i mean it it's um, it's a great way to make a living, you know. We mostly made each other laugh all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, and then if it was uh, if it was if we thought it would sell, we'd write it down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Kelly and I were lucky enough to to see a screening, a virtual screening of the mm-hmm. film. Uh, but uh, this this is uh, your film is going to be going around. It's going to be uh, hitting uh, different uh, film festivals, correct, James?
3: Yeah, it's been doing some film festivals um, where you know we've gotten a lot of awards so far at different film festivals. Um, one that's really been touching is we we seem to keep getting awards for the script for my dad for best uh, screenplay, yeah. which you know kind of made it really um, worth it because you know I, I did this to keep his words alive um, and and to show that there is you know life beyond you know death that that you know art can live on and. And so to be able to, you know, be getting those awards, um, you know, for him has been really special. Um, but also on top of that, uh, you know, uh, we just found out today, Mo and Charlie just got nominated for uh, awards at a, at a festival, both of them for uh, Mo for Best Actor and Charlie for Best Supporting Actor. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool as well. Uh, but we are we are nearing the end of our festival run uh, because the movie actually comes out for everybody to see uh, February 7th. And so um, I kind of had to dial back uh, playing stuff because it's coming out soon.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. I mean, it is, it really is. It is one of the most unique films I've seen in quite some time. It's, it's not only, uh, very silly and uh, you know just 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 wacky wacky stuff it's going absur- on. It's absurd there's absurdism it's, going yes. on for sure like <laughs> 100%. But it has this heart in it mm-hmm. at the end. And I was I I I was watching it alongside my wife and she just said at the end right in the feels right at the end. <laughs> she yeah. just, she she really and I and I and I wish we could be as more specific on what those <laughs> things are. Let's but, just tell you what happens. All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it, being a, <laughs> b- being a murder mystery ish, it, it is a murder. M- so <laughs> I guess not really a murder mystery. It's the mystery of how a script gets written more than anything, <laughs> uh, in, in a, in a sense. Um, which
2: is usually well, pretty close to murder. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, what, one thing,
3: one thing I really love about um, you know the ending of the movie, and then also the 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 mid credit scene, but the ending especially is you know how Mo plays that ending, just kind of you know very much embodied, you know how I imagine my dad felt when he wasn't able to spend time, you know, with his kids, and he was trying to trying to write and stuff, and then. You know, I, I kind of I think Mo really captured that really that really well, like that the 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 desperation of the artist who is doing something to try and, you know, do this in the right way, but in, at the same time, you know, is realizes that he's not around his kids because it was a very strange it's very strange growing up with a, you know, a writer as a father because when they're on deadlines, they're locking themselves in a room. So they're in your house and you can't really spend a lot of time with them which is a very weird thing to, to experience. And, uh, you know, I think it was really nice to be able to I- embody that in a, in a movie, uh, from his perspective versus from, from mine. And, and, um, as well as like, there is a mid credit scene that, uh, that I think people should stick around for.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Definitely stay for the mid credit scene. Um, yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, surprisingly, I mean, without revealing too much, I'll just say that, uh, the the uh, the other actor in that mid credit scene is should be nominated. Uh, I will just say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah is yeah, it's a very a very yeah, it gets you right there. Um you know Jimmy, James, sorry, I'm so used to little, little yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, I
3: know how how you guys have managed to call me James for most of this call. I'm... Yeah, I have you I on the screen. Only
0: two people on the <laughs> only two people on the planet allowed to call you Jimmy. But um Your name,
2: fortunately, your name is right up here.
0: Yeah, that's how I'm remembering too. James, call him (laughs) James. Damn it! Um, But I had not thought of that, and I just—you just got me in the feels, thinking what that your childhood must have been like because there's this closed door. Dad's home, Gordon's home, but you know, as I believe I heard him say once, do not do not knock on this unless the house or somebody in it is uh, you know on fire. And, you know, cause, and that's, that's what's needed to write. That's why I don't write. I'm, I don't have the, I don't, I can't close the door. I'm always vigilant over what's going to go on with my family. And, uh, and, you know, people have questions for me, not that I'm thinking I'd be this great writer if I did, what did have that ability, but it's absolutely essential to the writer's life. And, you know, I, I, it's sort uh, of like,
2: it's sort of like COVID work rules, before there was COVID. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. how does it does at work. Yeah. And 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 and
3: you know, it's it's weird because the more and more I've made projects and made movies and written movies myself and directed movies, the more I actually understand that. Um, and like what he was going through, and not that he didn't want to spend time when he was in the house, that he was legitimately working. Um, and like, you know, he would miss dinner cause he was working and doing stuff. And I think, you know, I kind of understand that more than, than, uh, you know, I would say my, my sisters did, um, in some respects. So for me, I just thought it was, it was really special to be able to embody that because it was his words and his moment of that, uh, that he had written. And, and it just, that really hit me powerfully. And I thought you really embodied that really well, Mo. Well,
0: thank you. I I, I literally died. I, you know, I put myself, uh, in, 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 I just imagined myself being that man and yet didn't connect it that that must be what was going on for you with Gordon. I just, you know, just went, all right, well, I'd be, I'd be a person who, uh, you know, I, I gotta get the script done. And, and, you know, uh, but yeah, of course that was your life. Of course that was Gordon's life. And, uh, very poignant now, just hearing you say that I come at acting with the, with the, with the, um, uh, with the method of, pretend this is actually happening to you. So that's <laughs> I,
2: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> this was is that rod. Where did they, where did you learn that?
0: I don't know. I can't remember whether it was, uh, whether it was, uh, you know, uh, 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 who did Stanislav. you study? Yeah. Yeah. Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Or, or, uh, <laughs> who did you study Charlie? You studied Meisner. Uh, Meisner. Meisner. Yeah. I, Meisner, probably more my technique,
4: my <laughs> technique. So, like in the play, you know, you're playing off of George, which is like a, a Gordon, you know. So, yeah, I, you talked a little bit about it, but the, uh, the overall uh, similarities and differences between the on screen chemistry of you and George and the real life Gordon. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of Gordon. I, exactly. I would say I
2: mean, Gordon and I obviously had great chemistry. We worked together for 30 years. You can't d- survive a minute. In a room with somebody you don't have a good chemistry with, and I was really I was uh, pleased because I felt like, and of course, I've known Mo since you know all the Pinky and the Brain and the Animaniacs stuff. So I've been around him. I've never uh, gotten a chance to play with him, but uh, but that was uh, I felt the chemistry really uh, came through. Uh, so I think I think we we're able to duplicate that. I'm just I just have to say, I'm glad James was not around with a camera and a microphone back then, because who knows what would uh, we be talking about now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you got you guys. I think um, I think you and Gordon didn't struggle as much as George and Charlie did. I mean, these these two guys really couldn't seem to agree on on a page. And, you know, I think there was there's just more it was more struggle as as i think anyone must do in fiction is to amp up the conflict
2: yeah 90% of the stuff you agree on and that, but then there are those those one there's a one question in a script or something that you don't agree on and i i, I the inter- the amazing thing for me about writing with somebody is you don't like his solution he doesn't like your solution and but and, and you're both adamant and by the time you work it out you've come up with a third thing that neither one of you had thought of before that is better than either one so that really is a good collaborative process but uh yeah it's just, it's all that it's all that great energy i i have to say i i miss gordon a lot uh, i've i've written with other people i've never had a collaborative situation like gordon and i had but the but so the 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 the, the disagreement in in murder anyone is like one of those like worst uh, disagreements like distilled down to just that for the entire
4: length of the
2: of, yeah. uh, of the movie you know, to plenty the fundamental core
4: fans. like they don't know what they're
2: doing <laughs> right. it's plenty a little more intense enough. than it wasn't real life <laughs>
3: I had those arguments with my dad when me and him wrote together um, and uh, and we wrote a couple movies together, like a couple feature scripts together and uh, and stuff. And and we would get into arguments and and because his response, anytime I would disagree with him, he'd go, you know what? You're probably right, but let's get a second opinion. Why don't we ask Emmy? Yeah.
1: And then (laughs) (laughs) he why don't we
3: ask? Why don't we ask other Emmy? Yeah, uh. and then and I go, okay, Dad, I get it. And he goes, okay. Uh, and what do you think, third Emmy? <laughs> yeah.
2: So basically, your dad was some sort of passive aggressive son of a <laughs> bitch. Your, your upbringing was 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 pretty uh, uh, wonderful.
3: <laughs> well, all right. No, I had a great, I had a great, uh, I mean, I loved my dad very much and I had a great upbringing. Um, no, but he
2: did like to argue. He did, he did like to argue. And I think it, it, it was good. He that liked we, to be right. He liked to be right. He, he liked did to, like right. to argue. He liked, And to he always right. was as far as he was concerned. So <laughs> I don't, I, I would think it'd be tough. Now you're his son, but I would think it'd be tough for anybody to come into that. We, we started out together, so he couldn't pull rank like that, you know? Um, <laughs> We no, want I, our enemies at the same time. So, I learned
3: a lot working with him, though. You know, I, I mean, he was one of the most talented, uh, you know, writers I, I ever knew. So, you know, working with him and learning from him was such an amazing uh, process, um, and he definitely taught me how to not be afraid of the blank page to just like vomit stuff onto it and, and just put it there and and do that. Um, and, you know, you know, my jabs at my dad are just friendly, jokey things. Like, you know, ultimately, like, you know, I had, I wouldn't be making movies if I didn't have, you know, sure. my dad is my dad. he He definitely was you know, he, he took a a vested interest in, in wanting me to be a filmmaker. And I remember when I was a kid, we, you know, we would watch movies like Casablanca and he would always pause the movie and ask me questions. And I'm like, you know, is he just like thinking I'm not paying attention or something? And then, you know, later in life I realized, no, he was asking me questions to like, see if I like understood Why the camera was moving a certain way or like why, you know, we were focused on, you know, uh, in the Maltese Falcon, like why is his hand shaking and how great of a scene is that when when he leaves and he's all nervous, um, uh, you know, after he was just tough. And, you know, it's just really going through all, you know, the different aspects of of filmmaking and and performance. Um, So, you know, it's I, I learned. How to make movies from watching movies and uh, and a lot of that is is thanks to my father
1: uh you you mentioned there James about him wanting to 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 just just vomit the stuff onto the page and that is that it is kind of in the the film itself is is uh the character of George just you know I'm just gonna throw this all this stuff, and the character of Charlie is reining him in constantly what why I can't believe what this this don't do that. Was was that true to life there, uh, Charles? Was that was that? that, that that's a
2: little that's a little exaggerated, but it is true. Gordon liked to get to sit down and get going, and I typically got the most energy when we were uh, putting it together, cleaning it up, editing. You know, ninety percent of writing is editing, and um, what works, what doesn't, what jokes follow, and what is, you know you have to go through all that stuff when you're writing. And I, I think Gordon did prefer, was good at just starting down and putting a lot of energy out right away. And I, I, uh, I did intend uh, to then uh, uh, come around and not rein him in, but you know,
3: well, I mean, what he liked to do is he liked to throw everything on the page and then clean it up later because right. he didn't get bogged down by the idea of, well, what do we put here? Because, you know, his philosophy was it's much easier to look at something and go, well, this doesn't work and this doesn't work and this doesn't work than to sit there going, well, what can work? You know, it's easier to figure out how to fix
2: something than it is to uh, to figure yeah. out something from nothing. So you have to get that raw material down there first.
0: Maurice, um, so in the film, you do um, several impressions, uh, movie, movie impersonations and things like that. Did... Um, how true to life uh, is that with um, what Gordon did? Did he do impressions in the midst of story plotting or anything?
2: I was usually the one who did who did impressions in the writing uh, in the writing room but uh, yeah
0: like when you talk, when you two would write a pinky in the brain if you were pitching lines uh, you, I mean I would imagine I could hear Gordon doing a brainy kind of thing. And then, and then maybe you coming in and you, you'd probably pitch lines as pinky, like pinky. And, and we both did both. Yeah.
2: We both did both because you're pitching a, you know, gag is an interaction. You can't just Mm -hmm. pitch one line and then see what wait you know, see what happens. Sure. So so you're doing sort of both voices back and forth. Um, But yeah, I did that a lot. Gordon didn't so much uh, in the room. In
3: life, when, though, my dad was always doing tons of impressions. Yeah. And in life, he was always doing a lot of funny voices. Um, yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, whenever we'd be driving somewhere, he would always, you know, pretend that he was a different person driving the car <laughs> and pretend to be that person for the whole car ride. Um, and that was hilarious to me. And then he also used to tell me stories um, uh, when I was little. And, and this is part of how I like learned about storytelling is he would, he would tell me a story by going, you know, like, uh, so, you know, this is going on in this story. And he starts talking about a character and he's doing like funny voices as the character. And he'd be like, and then they stop at a, and he'd like have me fill in the blank. And I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, uh, uh, an amusement park. He's like, Oh yes, you're right. They're at an amusement park. And then and he'd continue the story with some random thing. And so he'd just be telling made up stories all the time. Um, which like was a lot of yeah, like improv, which was a lot of fun until he would until uh you know three weeks later I'd ask to hear the story again that he had <laughs> made up on the spot and he'd be like and I'd be like no that's not how it went
1: <laughs> yeah Mo do you have any uh, memories of Gordon or anything what what do you remember about well Gordon? I
0: mean I mean of course Gordon Gordon was so uh, so much a part of my life especially all through you know the the, the the Pinky in the Brain years, as I said, I can get to meet him on Animani- Animaniac. But then uh, after we did uh, Captain Simeon, I was, uh, was over at his house, you know, every week. Um, and you know, I was in that office where Charlie and Gordon wrote. One of the things about the the set where we have where where George and Charlie have their office, that's an, actually a spacious uh, uh, area compared <laughs> to where Gordon and Charlie wrote that was a tiny claustrophobic and very cluttered office but that was where the magic is but we would occasionally make these little trips up to uh las vegas whenever there was a boxing match because the head of showtime uh, uh boxing was a huge pinky and the brain fan uh the whole the whole sports department loved pinky and the brain and so uh we were we were invited up and just for just for grins i, I bought a brain costume at the Warner Brothers store uh, in Las Vegas. I didn't tell Gordon I bought it. And we shared a room in the Luxor. And he, he he was sleeping. And I snuck into the bathroom uh, in, in in the morning, put on the brain costume completely, you know, it totally enveloped myself. It just had a little opening for my face. And when I went in, I went out and woke him up. I was like, I think it's time to go out for breakfast, my friend. And Gordon must have, thank God he wore underwear to bed because he was rolling around. The sheets came off. him, He's kicking. He's laughing so hard. And he literally fell off the bed laughing at, at the sight of me standing there in a brain costume first thing in the morning. Doing the brain, asking to go to breakfast. That's probably my, my favorite Gordon memory.
1: <laughs> Uh, we also had some uh, some questions here from our, our patrons that um, uh, we have. We uh, uh, here's one from uh, Eric. Uh, Eric says, "Hi, Maurice. I'm a big fan of you as the Brain and Squit. My question is: Is this your first live action movie? And if so, how did you like it so far?"
0: Well, it, it, it actually wasn't uh, – I've, I've done a couple of things. I did something back in uh, 1980 called um, uh, uh, Funny Farm, uh, where I played a young impressionist at a comedy club. It was a movie that all took place within a comedy club. Um, and just in the last few years, people have started asking me to be in their films. I did one uh, – uh, a short film. that's mostly shorts for, uh, like, the, the, uh, the stand-up comedian Joe Quazala I played uh, – charles manson's father who tells him you'll never you'll never be a, a, a successful serial killer charlie never <laughs> you know this like, alcoholic who's goading him into being a serial killer <laughs> um uh you know i i've done i've done i did i did something for um um oh gosh lee uh lee who co-created two and a half men um and i'm so bad at names this so, one you know when you turn 60 the two things that go are knees and names um but anyway i uh i did a, a short film about a guy who is at a furry convention and follows this beautiful woman uh you know who's in a furry costume uh, around the convention it was very that was that was my that was my first like return to on camera but for james to put me in this film and place this kind of faith in me is to play, uh, you know, his dad, you know, or a version of his dad to play George. This is probably the most I've taken on since that first feature film in 1980, and um, you know, I—it's I, a completely different set of muscles, and yet it's the same set mm-hmm. of muscles to um, to be to be both to to do on camera. Memorization is something that I only do very very peripherally uh in the world of of voiceover you can read it i prefer to go off the page once in a while to bring some organicness to it but uh in this uh, you know you 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 know you don't you don't have that luxury so we really had to be uh memorized and off book and and gosh that that's that is absolutely calisthenics i'm i'm not used to and was, was i was surprised i was even able to 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 pull it off. Um
3: no, your memorization was perfect. Um you know, uh that 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 was never an issue. I mean, you guys had to be so uh you know, the memorization had to be so sharp on that because it's a lot of your dialogue between the two of you guys are is so quick and you guys yes. were very on top of that.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you Thank, James. You. thank you, very great. much, James. We did our best. and I, I,
3: I will say the only thing that Mo was concerned about the, the whole time was uh, what to do uh, with his hands.
0: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> hand acting. Yes. It's like, Mo, I, don't want, I don't want to be a hand actor. Or whatever. Yeah. What do I do with my hands in this yeah. scene? <laughs> you'd always, you'd always
3: like, uh, How I, do you like,
0: walk? Am uh, I moving
3: my hands too much? I'm like, no, Mo, it's fine. It's fine. He's yeah. like, oh, are you sure? You're sure I'm not moving my hands?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I know that's that's a that's a trap I was worried about falling into because I never quite know what to do with my freaking hands when I'm on camera. You know, when I'm I'm very animated in in the booth, when I'm doing a, a cartoon, uh it doesn't matter what I'm doing with my hands. So I can I mean people who have watched said, "Boy, you really transform into the characters." Like I do, but I physicalize everything uh when I'm in the booth. So I didn't want to be get too big and too cartoony. I will go back to the question about you know uh, impressions and 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 doing and doing voices those were organic in the moment they, they it wasn't written you know george does a movie trailer voice or george does Orson in <laughs> wells yeah, I was just, like
4: there's the brain <laughs>
0: Yeah. They were just kind of we they, they just came it came and and james said leave that in that was that was, i like that i like that that he does that and there was one point i even did my best uh, gordon impression and that was When he speaks the line of the proposed new, you know, amalgam of all these ideas, murder trap, I did my very best to say it the way Gordon, God rest his soul, would have said it. He had a way of selling a line and he had a little lilt in his voice. So that's (laughs) for you. If you pay attention to the film, when I say murder trap, that's my best Gordon Bressack impression.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The um the use of uh black and white and color I thought was really well done. And... Yes, I came up with that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm guessing that was in the original like script of Gordon, or was that a no? That direct... wasn't
3: in, that wasn't in the script. That was just kind of how I like imagined it. Because you know, one thing I've always talked about is like there was like four directors for this movie because there was like hmm. myself, what my dad did when I saw the play, and what he would have wanted, and I tried to preserve as much of that as possible. Um, but, uh, and just touch it up with my own spin in certain ways. And then the two characters of, of George and Charlie and how they're imagining what's going on. And so, so, you know, I just kind of was thinking like, you know, they, they, they even though they're not writing the best, you know, play in the world in their <laughs> mind, like, this is like, you know, like, you know, like Hemingway. And they're like sitting there, and like you know, like they got like cigars and cigarettes, and like it's like this noiry feel. And they're like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, we're writing. Like they they look at themselves as like artists from you know back you know back in the day, and, and <laughs> they're making all these older references. So I was like, oh, this would just this is just it should be black and white. And so it was just something that like I just kind of went for. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the film noir feel just was so effective. I just mm-hmm. love the lighting, the use of shadows, the use of backlighting and everything is really... Just the opening credits even, just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really does feel like you have the two movies. And we haven't even mentioned, of course, the the rest of the cast, which is just... Uh you know, well amazing. they're not here. They're not here. Yeah. We don't they're even know important. But they're no, all I, they're, they're all real I, funny too.
0: <laughs> that's what my next question was gonna be about, actually. Is, <laughs> oh go ahead. <laughs> I I was just wondering um about the rest of the cast and and how um that process went in in choosing who who to portray these characters and, and how um how that process went.
3: Yeah. Uh Mo, do you want to answer that? How would I answer that?
0: I
4: <laughs>
0: Yes, that's no exactly one from why me.
2: it went I'm that t- way because it did. And so
0: back to me. Back to yeah. me and Charlie in the
4: room. <laughs> got, you know, I we only I,
0: I only got to meet the other actors in 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 passing and and, and, at, and at a screening. We shot on completely different days. Mm. So when we saw the film, uh, I had no idea. I, I had seen the original play, by the way. I actually went, went to the white fire theater in Sherman Oaks and, and saw the opening night with Um, and so I knew kind of where the thing was going, but I did, uh, I didn't get to, uh, get to meet, uh, the other actors until much later on. It's brilliant. But James, it, you speak. It was to me this me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, um, uh, Carla Collins who plays, um, Marie, uh, played Marie in the play. Um, so I, I cast her, From that, and and he, you know, my dad would always rave and rave about how funny she was uh, in the play, and so I thought, you know, it was great to uh, to 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 have her come back uh, for it, and then um, uh, (laughs) Christos Andrews, who plays um, uh, uh, Cooper. uh had worked with me on uh Survive the Game the uh the Bruce Willis uh movie that I had done and and you know I I just thought he would be ooh, he had the right look and and I thought he would be great for the for the role and then, um, Galadriel, I, you know, I, she's just a phenomenal actress that, uh, that I had gotten in contact with and I, I just thought she would be really funny and, and I'm, I'm I, I, her performance in it is, is amazing. I think it's, uh, she goes through like, she's the character uh, of all the characters because Christos's character actually comes in halfway because he gets like recast, uh, yeah. like, uh, Tyler <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> not to give away a joke, but, but Galadriel has to go through every different subgenre. Uh, as her character like so she she changes like accents and she changes. it's like throughout the whole movie she she basically plays the same character in like six different ways um which i thought she, was pretty she awesome she has a
2: nomination she got nominated too. yeah she got
3: a nomination too she's also one best actress at like a few of these uh festivals now um and then uh and um as uh, christos actually won a uh, best actor and best supporting before I and mean, then spencer breslin and i have been friends for a while and i thought mm-hmm. you know it'd be hilarious to just see him in a chicken suit um
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so i went with that and then uh and then uh you know uh, uh christos is friends with sally kirkland and he brought up like hey you know what about having sally kirkland in this and um, that's kind of how that came came about
1: Wow. Yeah, it it really is a fun uh really fun. It's like it's it's like, you know, two uh two movies. You get two movies for price of one. You got the actual silly thing. Yeah, it's great. Uh and of course Spencer uh Breslin, I, I was like, like, gosh, this guy looks familiar. I, I I realized, "Oh yeah, he's the kid. He was like in the Cat in the Hat movie and uh oh, yeah. and the in <laughs> the Kid in and, and with Bruce Willis and stuff." Yeah. So he's, he he uh it was great to see him. He did such although seeing <laughs> seeing uh seeing him uh drop some f bombs and everything right now is very different but I was like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> he's grown up he's grown up now he's an adult uh <laughs> so um let's see uh there's just a couple more questions i think we had some from the our audience that would uh which were very nice i uh were there any this is from mj she's one of our uh patrons just wanted to know were there any challenges That uh, what was a challenge that you might have faced during production, and uh, how did you rise to the occasion of uh, of facing a challenge?
3: I would say the biggest challenge um, making this movie was just ultimately the fact that it was um, it was during COVID, Mm. and so like you know having to you know test and do COVID rules and wear masks and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's like, there's growing pains of, of making a movie under that, um, circumstances, um, you know, uh, and, and so I, I'd say that was the biggest challenge, but I mean, the onset vibe was very positive. Everybody knew this was a passion project. And so everybody was in a good mood and cracking jokes and it was just a very fun experience. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think it was like very emotional and cathartic. Uh, when it was all done, um, it, was for a, me. it
2: was a good. It was. A, it was. You knew that everything was coming together. Well, I mean, it just it felt like that. He, I came on that first day. Mo and I were there to shoot our scenes, and we shot the first thing. And I didn't know. I, I had seen the play when Gordon wrote it and read it when he wrote it and all that stuff. And I came backstage after we did our first scene, and having seen what was going on on the monitors and what Jimmy was doing, that was the first time. I knew anything about black and white being in the film or anything like that, and I said to Mo, "You know, James is is James is really making this into a movie. You know, he's really he's really found something in this, and he's he's doing something with it. I think we both kind of realized that as soon as we got on the set.
0: Yeah, we we were just let's we do
2: anything we can with Dad's script. This was really, you know, James making a, a James Bressack movie. Yeah." Trying to make it as good as I could while
3: still preserving, you know, what my dad did. And, and one of the things I, I never wanted it to feel so much like it wasn't also a play. So if you notice like how I cover a lot of it, it still kind of feels like it's a play. Like I don't, I, I keep everything like, you know, looking three dimensions, like you know two dimensional instead of actually jumping off and going all directions like I normally would um, in movies. But uh, I think it really works for the story and for the vibe of the film. And, you know, we've been very fortunate, um, you know, we have gotten uh, quite a bit of reviews and, and we're sitting at, you know, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, you know, yeah, pretty, I saw pretty that. spectacular yeah. um, with, with, uh, with 94% uh, audience uh, rating. So people everybody feel just, real,
0: people feel real like, good about the movie. They enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. good time. And I'll just say this, as, 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 as uh, you know, I don't, I don't live in both worlds. I'm an actor, purely, and, and uh, not a writer, but as an actor, and Charlie is an actor, too. And I, I definitely can tell you, terrific in the film. And I remember when Charlie started his, actor, his actor's journey, um, because he was studying Meisner very intensely. We had some big conversations about that. But as an actor, I've got to say, it was the most fun set I've ever been on. Uh, with my limited time though it was in front of the camera if if all on-camera experiences were as positive as being on jimmy's set, uh, james Bressax's set <laughs> um i would go after more on camera because it was it was fun and yet we knew that we were there to work so we we took our moments to have some laughs and then like you know okay back to one and it's like business again through the scene and then wow well, that was oh cheese and crackers i mean we we did season, probably. <laughs> we spent more time talking like nineteen forties, you know, uh, <laughs> movie directors and movie executives. Uh, you know, we had our own little shorthand of of, of just trying to come up with the, the kind of thing, the kind of swearing people did in the nineteen forties.
3: We kept um, making jokes about Louis B. Mayer. If you Louis B. Mayer
2: would like this, yeah, Louis
3: <laughs> B. Mayer I would have loved this. Oh, that's yeah, right, boss, he would have found right a solution. Back when I was working with Louis B Mayer, we used to shoot things four times
0: as fast
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's certainly a fan I'm glad that it's gonna be uh out to the to to everyone out there coming in february and of course uh folks out there definitely hit those festivals if if you happen to see the Film festivals, hey, see, see, murder anyone, murder anyone. I gotta say it correctly mm-hmm. with a question mark, uh, with, a, with a question mark. Uh, it's it's a fantastic movie that uh, not only has the heart but also a lot of laughs and titters as well. <laughs> oh, we yeah, uh, <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's Mostly go ahead. a comedy, it's mostly a comedy. Yes. You know, there's some
2: heartwarming stuff in it, but we oh, don't it want is. To
1: Hundred percent, a, a, a very show. funny zany comedy. That's yeah. absolutely
2: Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: it definitely like, doesn't take itself too serious or anything.
2: It's, it's, right, it's right, like right. comedy <laughs> with blood. <laughs> it's,
3: it's hard to say what it is. It's pretty much every it's, genre.
4: Yeah, it um, reminded me of uh, like everything, everywhere, all at once kind of thing of just having a encompasses all genres it's it's, it's <laughs> that was actually and, my
3: favorite movie of the year was everything yeah.
4: everywhere all was. See, i was just like yeah
1: there was after i was like oh man like this is i want more of this yes give me <laughs> yeah and if and if you folks out there like meta humor oh boy boy you, you got something you Got perhaps the 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 biggest meta ending of any uh thing i've ever seen on uh on the screen it <laughs> truly is uh something else so uh, absolutely worth the with the chance to see, uh, not only a a, a great, uh, fantastically written, but also uh, fantastically directed, and of course you get to see get to see Charlie and Mo in front of the screen, folks. I mean, come on, you, yeah. can, you can see that every day. Yeah. Right. Well, God. well, thank you guys again so much. It was so great to see you on the on the film, and again, James. Well, well, de- I mean, fantastic work, you guys. This was just a, a delight. Uh, being able to see the film, so it was
0: a delight in making it. And thank
1: yes. you for putting it in the film, James.
3: Thank you so much for being in it, and thank you so much for watching it, guys.
1: No problem. And uh, yeah, any anything we can do to help in our small, very small way, help promote it, to share it with others, we'll we'll make sure to do that. So
3: I definitely yeah. hope the fans watch it because I feel like uh, I feel like it, the humor will be like up it. Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: definitely. There was like, there's some moments in that, especially like you know. Uh, with the psychic coming in and the 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 zaniness, uh, um, I was thinking like with with finding the seat and then falling. Down, and I was like, "This is like pure, like this is Animania, This is Marx Brothers kind of stuff going on right here." It really, it really felt like when I was seeing that, I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is good stuff right here. This is very Excellent. funny, very very funny."
3: It was very much my dad's type of humor. He uh, <laughs> he, he was obsessed with the Marx Brothers and uh, and the Three Stooges. So
1: yes. Thank you so much for, for coming on and have a great Thanksgiving and the, the, the Christmas holidays and everything like that and we'll 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 keep in touch. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Very happy. Right.
0: Hope, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving since this is airing in the future. <laughs>
2: there are there are many Thanksgivings to come. Yes
1: That's indeed. Right.
2: Yes. Hope you ha- hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving 2023. Yes, Getting indeed. in our wishes early.
3: And also, if you're listening to this only like a week or two late, Merry Christmas! And happy
2: Hanukkah!
3: Yeah, like a Bradbury
2: story or something.
3: <laughs> and if it's your birthday, happy
0: birthday! <laughs> happy birthday. We're covering Bring everything. Back. Save this for your birthday. Stop listening now and turn it back on on your birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, my friend. That's the cheapest cameo I've ever given away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information before we wrap things up. Uh, Kelly, where can people find you online?
3: Well, currently, I'm on
0: Twitter. Yoda yes. Princess Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S.
1: Yeah, for let's see how long that goes on. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? On Twitter now, forever and always, uh, FT. That's me. <laughs> if it goes under, Nathan's going under with it.
4: I don't care. Yeah. yeah.
1: Going down with the ship. <laughs> uh charlie what about you uh
2: facebook facebook I, i'm staying away from elon musk
1: <laughs> okay uh james where can where can people get in contact with you for, find out about your films
3: twitter and fa- uh twitter and instagram but I, I mostly use instagram now not twitter um
1: but uh at james kellen b right. and maurice where, what about you
0: Hi, my friend, I'm staying with Twitter because, as is now time to be revealed, I am inside an Elon Musk android, controlling everything.
2: Oh, I knew Yes.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still. I'm st- I'm on Twitter until I can't stand it anymore. At Maurice Lamarche. N a u r i c e l a m a r c h e. All one word uh, on Twitter and on the on the, on the other platform where I, I really don't post a lot of pictures. But uh, I'm uh, Maurice underscore Lamarche on Instagram at Maurice underscore Lamarche.
1: Very nice. And of course, the third season of the reboot of Animaniacs should be coming out at some point, we we would assume.
0: (laughs) We don't we don't have we're still in post. We're still we're still doing uh, some some tweaking and re-recording, But uh, we're we're, we don't have a a drop date for it yet on Hulu, but we are we are uh, we are finishing
1: it up. So it's Going still a more slowly in progress to be concluded. All yes. right. Well, uh, with, with all of that for Kelly and Nathan and Charles and James and Mo, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.
1: <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> <Our> own nurse. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. You have the brain saying hello, nurse, for once. I mean, come on. Yeah, (laughs) always.